This is the proper animal. This is the All I Eat a Steak podcast. It is Super Tuesday evening, late. This will be one of the later podcasts. This might not even go up. We will see. So we're at 10 out of 10, and we thought we were at 10 out of 10 before, but maybe we went to 11, or maybe we weren't actually 10 out of 10, but something happened today, and we just had one of those days where we were just like, on another planet like we felt so good uh, all over LA did an insane workout uh, saw a bunch of our buddies putting another one of our buddies on this carnivore way of eating uh, it's it's a problem like th- we're like we got a friend here who he grew up in the same part as us I, I knew his dad his dad was my hockey coach and the kid's overweight and it's like you know just like everybody else. Uh, I saw a statistic today, you know, something like 70%, 70% of the U.S. population is overweight or obese, and it's an epidemic. And, you know, it's, I don't even know what to say to that because it's like that wasn't even the case like, I remember when we were like, oh, 50%? I didn't even, I thought like just, we just had that where it was like 50%. So if it's 70%, you know, that means you're just basically heading, we're headed to a place where the entire country is overweight and that there's all kinds of health problems that ensue from, from that illness, sickness, which is, it's a sickness. And it's, it could be discouraging, but I think it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity for people to actually take a look at what they're doing and to stop being brainwashed from the conventional wisdom of the past however many years. It's just not working. It's just not working. And so did a meditation with one of my other buddies today, and he had... Uh, a little heartburn he was telling me about and right away right away his doctor was trying to get him onto medication now this guy is a pretty fit he's he's actually a really fit dude um and right away the doctor is trying to put him on meds it is a sick sick place we live and the western medicine as incredible as it can be at the tails at the tails meeting at the extreme events in an emergency there's no place you'd rather be than a los angeles or major city hospital just the treatment is someone's going to put you back together you want them to be from the united states and you want to be in a u.s hospital that's for sure uh but the long-term care and the just regular doctors are just it's completely it's baffling to me, but we have the secret here. And if you're listening to this podcast, if you're with us still, we have this incredible advantage. And it's just such a gift and a blessing. So we can look at those statistics and be discouraged, or we can look at them and be like, wow, lucky us. Lucky us. We get to be part of that 1% of people that are eating the actual foods that we ought to be eating. And we can feel it. It's healing. It's medicine. 
It really is. And I remember when I first became a carnivore and I saw Sean Baker's website, Meat Heals, and all the healing and medicine and all those quotes. And I was like, that sounds kind of weird to me. Like, I, I didn't get it. But now I do. Now I totally do. And in having conversations like with some of the more intelligent people I know, uh, carnivores are actually the people that will uh, try to do this and are the, the ones having success with it. Success with it are the most intelligent people I know. One of them being the destroyer, and he just keeps pounding on that. It's like healing. It's like healing. Some ribeyes are, are like the, the greatest medicine you've ever taken in your life. And I would agree with that. I just, it's such a beautiful thing. And again, I'm so blessed. It's like, it's like two different worlds. And I, I said this crazy thing last year in 2019. I said it was like this intuitive hit I got that we are dividing into two species. Uh, and as crazy as that sounded, I think it's happening. I'm not sure what that's going to mean. Uh, I'm not sure that's a good thing. I, I don't know. Uh, I, all I do know is that if we are dividing, I want to be the one that I am. I want to be the one that's healthy and that's not on prescription drugs and that's not uh, just completely victimized and dependent upon the Western healthcare system to keep me in a specific state of mind, to keep me well, to keep me addicted to whatever stupidity. The, it seems to be the plant-based stupidity is in lockstep with the pharmaceutical stupidity and the weak decision-making stupidity, which is plays right into you know a lot of wannabe leaders that want to control everything and control the population and look into culling the population and it's scary because there are some billionaires out there I'm not even going to name names because a lot of these billionaires I believe have done a lot of good for the world but they also are pretty clear that they believe that we have a population problem here in the world in the globe there's too many people and not enough resources and we can't feed everybody and we're destroying the planet and this set and the other it's just a very strange ideology from some very smart people because we had this it was called malthusianism Mal malthus this guy malthusianism and it was the idea that there's too many people and this was you know seven billion people ago this was a long time ago and it was just proven to be incorrect and if you've ever actually flown across the, the United States you'll see it's just patently absurd it, there's just that's reality the reality is when you fly over the US when you fly even from San Francisco to Los Angeles it is completely open farmland trees nothing no cities, nothing for the entire state of California. And we're talking about two of the biggest metropolitan areas in the world. You know, Northern California and Southern California. And in between it is 
nothing. And if you fly over the city of, if you fly over the state of California, the most populous state in the 50 states, guess what? It's completely empty. We do not have a population problem here. There's plenty of space. We could easily fit another 7 billion people on this planet. And so I'm just not sure. I, you know, it's like the intellectual mind sometimes, even these billionaires, they're living in a world of theory and of papers and of research and of reading, and they're not just looking out the window when they fly across the country. They're not in reality. And, you know, that's part of the problem with nutrition. It's all about what somebody told you. It's about what doctors are saying. It's about what the pharmaceutical companies want you to do. It's about what certain industries want you to do so they can profit. And it has nothing to do with your intuitive sense of healing and of health and what food is. And it's not your fault because just like me, just like the proper animal, you've been lied to your entire life by people well-intended, people trying that wanted the best for you but just didn't, couldn't quite make the leap of thinking for themselves with respect to nutrition and food. People who were sold on and worshiping of we are we are worship what we worship now is we stopped worshiping god and we started worshiping science and that is just as much a belief in some higher power that we've given science that's actually just other humans making mistakes and that's what science is it's just a collection of human beings that are put up on a pedestal that don't really know what's going on, but maybe run an experiment or two, maybe have all kinds of biases and financial incentives to have their experiments go a certain way. And guess what? They don't know. We still don't know. Nutrition science shouldn't even be called a science. Even the most hard sciences that we have physics was turned on its head with the discovery of quantum physics so we shouldn't look up to science what we should look in to is our own intuition and our own sense and our own willingness to try things and to go against science to go against the grain to be contrarian to not conform to this world but be renewed in your mind every day in the Bible, Romans 12, 2, something of that nature. It says, don't conform. It says, don't conform to this world. And fractaling down, you know, Romans was talking about obeying God and being with God and being towards spirit and turning towards spirit and repenting and not being conformed not doing what everyone else is doing, not running off a cliff, becoming overweight, becoming sick because everyone else is doing it. So it takes a certain level of strength. The good news, though, is though if, you can have, if you can summon some willpower and just try this way of eating, just try it. You will get stronger. And it will just the whole thing will seem absurd to you. 
pretty quickly, like it does for us, and like it does for the destroyer, and like it does for so many of you who have started on this journey, is that you just see the absurdity of it all. You can't believe that this country, this world, with all its technology and all its incredible minds, has gone so off the rails with respect to the most fundamental and simple thing we could ever do, which is feed ourselves. And take care of ourselves, and take care of our bodies, and we just have a lot of sympathy for now. For now, the thing with the internet is the great, great invention of the internet is it's not easy to remain ignorant. So, with our buddy here from home that we're working with today, that's way overweight, that. He's been working out. He seems to have a good work ethic so far. We can only tell him so many times what he's got to do. He's cut out sugar, so he's cut out all the refined sugar. We like that.、Uh, he's got to stay on the plan. If he can stay on the plan, if he can just begin to cut out sugar, sugar like what people call sugar, like desserts and sweets, he'll begin to see the path will become clear. It will be. All forms of sugar, and it will be this. Joe Rogan, man, just point to Joe Rogan. That's a beautiful thing. And so, here's what we say: incredible compassion for everyone, always and forever. But at the same time, some tough love because how long can you remain ignorant of this? It's almost like information is moving so fast, and this is happening so fast that the mainstreamness of this it actually it makes it you, you there's no you can't get off the hook now. There's no letting people off the hook. You're getting good information. You're getting if they don't want to do it. After they've seen Joe Rogan do it, after they've seen you do it, after they've seen the proper animal do it, and get fantastic results every day, consistently, ten out of ten. If people will see that and still not believe it, and still not try it, they don't want to get better. And so that's okay. We have to accept that. We have to accept there's going to be a large slice of the population that actually doesn't want to get better. That actually just wants to—I don't know what they want. They just want to get to the end of the day and have their ice cream and go to bed and go to their job and just make it through the next day, day by day. And so we have to accept that people are going to make that choice and be okay with that. It's tough, but that's where we're at right now. It's no longer. Uh, I'm not sure about it. What about cholesterol? What about no? It's obvious. It's you don't want to get better, and that's okay. You don't want to face your addiction. That's okay. But that's gonna what's gonna happen then is that we will break into two groups. It'll just seem like the differences、uh, in the beginning won't be that obvious,、uh, and then there'll be. 
very obvious, and we're even going to start looking differently. And so just like at some point in time, there was a split between Homo sapiens, let's say, and Neanderthals, right? They probably had some similar cousins back in the beginning, if you believe in evolution. Then there's going to be another split happening right now. Carnivores, people that don't poison themselves or that have, you know, very specific plants and medicinal doses and don't poison themselves and then people that live off poison or that are kept alive at least on poison and the first place that's going to show up is emotionally it's going to show up how you are your vibe right and so there's going to be two camps all of a sudden it's going to be real difficult to hang out with non-carnivores you know, we pretty much established that in our intimate relationships and in our close friends, it's, well, especially with our intimate relationship, be really tough for us to be in a relationship with someone that wasn't carnivore. We could do it, um, but once you know, you know, and it's like you can see everyone's anxiety, everyone's depression, everyone's dark moods, and you know why they're there, or you know what 90% of it is. And when you're doing it, and when you're sharing it, and they're knowing it, and still not doing it, it means they don't want to get better, and they don't want to improve the relationship. Now, if you happen to come across someone who is not carnivore, maybe a fast metabolizer, and doesn't have any emotional problems, that isn't bringing any drama to the relationship, then yes, of course, you can do it. I just haven't met that person. Right? We all bring our own stuff. But I am quite certain that there are plenty of women out there who are maybe, let's say, keto. Right? Maybe they have a little bit of plants, and they're, they're actually pretty much drama free. Uh, The good news is the women that I've met and that I know and that I've seen that are carnivore, they seem to be almost completely drama free. Not that Bay is drama free yet, but every day it's a little bit, it's a lot less actually. Because when she came to the table, when I met her, she loved drama, all about the drama. She celebrated drama. And just every day, and she even she even calls it bland. She's like, "I'm so bland now," and I'm like, "No, you're not. You're just not taking the swings because you don't need to. You have no desire to take those swings. And by swings, I mean high low, crying all the time, drinking. I mean, these all go hand in hand. Realizing that the sugar addiction is the first addiction, but it also is just like it's all the same addiction." So it just creates these, these circles. The, the sugar addiction makes you feel anxious. It puts you in a bad mood. It puts you depressed. makes you want to drink alcohol. The alcohol makes you feel even more depressed, right? So you have to drink more alcohol or have more sugar or it gives you anxiety in the morning. The alcohol gives you anxiety in the morning and so you stress eat and you eat more sugar and you're more depressed and you're more anxious and you're more addicted 
and you're more alcohol. You want more sugar, and it just keeps going and going and going until all of a sudden now you're on prescription drugs because you're depressed. But the prescription drugs make slow you down, so you take speed. Now you're on two prescription drugs. You're on Adderall. You're on an antidepressant. You're on alcohol. You're on sugar. You're miserable. You kill yourself. I've just seen it. That's the system that we're in right now. And we're working around the clock to make sure that we can pull some people out of that loop. That's all we want to do. We feel like we've already been at least around people. We're not saying we were responsible for it, but we've been around people that pulled themselves out of that loop just by this way of eating. It wasn't meditation, it wasn't yoga. It wasn't spirituality. You know, maybe it was God acting through this way of eating, but that's what it was. This diet will pull people out of it. All we want to do is just pull the next person out one at a time. That's the proper animal. All I eat is steak. That's our mission. Let's go. Go time. Out.